1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is the Practice Report. It is brought to you by Buyers Auto. And that's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward, the Buckeyes practice numero four, quattro. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) It's a a mix. It's a hybrid. It's uh, in honor of USA Mexico on Thursday night. Anyway, uh, the defensive lineman uh, came out to chat with the media afterwards. Pretty informative session. We're going to break it down right now. What was your number one takeaway from these Buckeyes that talked about the Rushman today, bro To me, it's the difference between the
2: upperclassmen and the lower classmen as far as how much more eager they are to talk to the media <laughs> because the younger guys are so excited to be out here and talking. And Michael Hall and, and, and Tyler Williams, Jack Sawyer talked for like 25 minutes. Like These kids like engaging. And the older guys are like, I am so tired of seeing these people. <laughs> um, but I think the one thing that I, my takeaway really is that these guys are still trying to figure out exactly how the Jim Knowles defense impacts the defensive line. And I don't know that it will that much, but certainly the talk about the Leo or the Jack or whatever, we want, like everyone's asking about that. But these kids are, these kids are, are, are towing the company line saying, we don't know. We don't know what this is. And, yeah. and I think that's the answer you're going to get through most of the spring.
0: But I think at the same time, I don't think there are completely lying when they say they haven't really got into it yet because so everything we've heard says that it's been pretty basic with what they're doing so far and so yeah there's an aspect of like they don't really know right now but also like i'm sure that not everything has been installed we have probably more questions than they have answers right now about the leo and that's probably the main takeaway is like that's getting very much like oh uh hyped up because it's a new thing it's exciting but at the same time like business is still business in the defensive line room and you've got a lot of talent there you've got a lot of guys who can do it and now you just have to see which are the best four, who are the best four, what's the combo of the best four, and if there's a guy that's going to be standing up, maybe it is one of these defensive ends. If not, it's probably going to be one of those linebackers. And so a lot of questions in this room, but also, like I said, business is still business there. I don't think they're lying, but I'm not convinced that
1: they're entirely telling the truth yeah. because there no, are they're not. people being groomed and four players roughly that you know are in the mix to play that Leo already. Whether it's installed or whether they've used it through four days, you know, that may be a real thing, but when you're sending Mitchell Melton down to work with that unit, yep. when you're talking about Cade Stover and the way that his pers- his athleticism and his mentality fits, when you have Jack Sawyer and when you have Zach Harrison with their uh, lateral agility, mobility, uh, you know, freakiness, speed. freakiness, when their their athleticism, all that, I mean, you know that those four people are in the mix for that. So yeah. they they could provide more insight than maybe they want to, but yep. that's the part where you're both right you're towing the company line at this point because you've only practiced for four days. And I don't think that Jim Knowles or Larry Johnson wanted to get, get in a situation at this early point. We said, well, that guy's definitely going to play this hybrid role that we're going to be talking about a lot going up to, you know, September and Notre Dame.
3: That was like when we were asking Jack Sawyer about it, it was more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge (laughs) kind of situation. What, what are you talking about? (laughs) Clearly they've got some things in mind. Clearly uh, he has embraced the, the Jim Knowles uh, approach. I mean, it's, there's a refreshing uh flow going through the this defense in my opinion is starting with this defensive front but what I, my takeaway was talking with Tyreek williams I'll write a little story about him later but uh just he's a different guy than he was uh eight ten months ago mm-hmm. that bodes well michael hall i mean he's you know he said both of those guys exude a lot of confidence and uh, like we've talked about a million times uh the real cornerstone for any kind of defense and especially when you look at like we talked about the other day, Georgia, Alabama, the Los Angeles Rams, whatever. Man, if you get some guys in there, three technique and nose who can who can hold sway, you've got something going on. And I think Tyleek, both of those two guys exuded a lot of confidence about what's coming. And I think that bodes well for this defense. One other thing that I sort of take away from today is there's a lot of guys in this group that feel like
2: there's a lot, some unfinished business. I mean, you, these are, Zach Harrison could have gone to the NFL whether or not, he, where he would have been drafted, you can debate that all you want. He would have been drafted last year. Uh, Teron Vincent, all the injuries he had. Jaron Cage coming back for a sixth year and everything he's had to go through. Uh, uh, these guys, uh, Tyler Friday, who hasn't played in two years. I mean, there's a lot of guys here that I think feel like they have something to prove. Uh, and I think that's the interesting mix between the veterans and the younger guys because the younger guys are just waiting in the wings going, okay, we're ready to go. We we wanna just attack, attack, attack. And these older guys are a little bit more uh, reserved and conservative in, in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, the underlying message from them all is, I'm not done here and I, there's something that this entire group has to prove.
1: And there's justifiably a lot of attention on, uh, attention on the higher end guys, proven starters. Somebody like Zach Harrison coming back. Uh, you know, Teron Vincent off that Rose Bowl. The younger guys with yeah. Tui Molowau and Sawyer. But I think it's, I spent a lot of time talking to Noah Potter and Tyler Friday because of their injuries and what that might mean for the overall depth of this unit. And I, a healthy Tyler Friday can really be an impactful player, I'm not suggesting you know, double-digit sacks, but someone who has a second or third option yeah. could give you five or six of them and a lot of good snaps and can stop against the run. I asked specifically about him trying to play that three technique. I said, I've been beating this drum for a while, and he's like, yeah, I know, but it's not going to happen. It's like, okay, well, then you're going to put him maybe at a, a post-defensive end and stop the run and occasionally rush the passer. Mm-hmm. That'll work. And Noah Potter at this time last year, we were spending a lot of time looking at how much he bulked up. I think it was up to almost 275 pounds somewhere in that ballpark so that he could play three technique and you know that was a position that we thought there was some uncertainty at and and may still be as ohio state fits the pieces together but first he had a foot injury that required surgery and then a very scary uh, eye issue where he said he was 30 minutes from blindness if they didn't have surgery a loose retina that he was dealing with and uh, that was that's a scary life situation obviously and he's still trying to work back from that to get to 100 percent full go and and see if he can restart some of that momentum that he had at this time a year ago but if if he can if both of them can i mean you know boy you're talking about 8 9 10 guys that can rotate through and and really be dangerous weapons for Jim Knowles.
0: That's what I asked a couple of the guys about. You know, Is there a perfect balance in this room between veterans and young guys? And I think, you know, starting to look at the the overall build of this defensive line room, there really is. You've got, you know, guys waiting in the wings, like you said, Burn Michael Hall and even Tyreek Williams, who, who got his feet wet a little bit. You've got the superstars in Jack and Zach and JT. And then you've got a bunch of guys who are almost in the middle there who just need to prove themselves, but also have a little bit of experience and so I think there's a a really healthy mix of guys who can contribute, guys who will for sure be you know those guys and then also guys who are just waiting for their turn and so it's like I said it's almost like a perfect balance of everything you need. The, what I'm trying to say is the recipe is there for a really dominant and good defensive line room and they have to figure out how to put it together because the talent was there last year and they couldn't figure it out quite how to put it together and make it work
3: and I think they have the tools to do it this year. Yeah and you know we talked about this before that Jim Knowles is coming in with fresh ideas and uh, fresh look etc but he's benefiting greatly by guys who have kind of paid a price like Noel Potter I mean you know, for example we I thought he had a real chance of playing last year until this stuff happened to him uh, all these guys have have had that moment where things didn't go right like Jack Sawyer said they got punched in the mouth you know by Michigan and really didn't get back to it but Second half of that Utah game, even the defensive front, Teron Vincent, these guys got after it. They just played with a savagery they hadn't played with for a game and a half, and it totally changed things. And he said they've ridden that wave into this, into the offseason, into the spring, and they feel really good about it. So, like you, you, you've even brought it up many times, Jim Knowles is really benefiting by a lot of guys not having the year they wanted last year, but clearly have some talent about them. And it's going to be really interesting to see and put all those pieces together. I think
2: that what's fascinating to me is that last year's defense obviously was bad, uh, but the most talented players on this defensive line were the fresh was Tyler Williams, yeah. Jack Sawyer, JT, Tumaloa, like these are the guys that have the athletic upside that is higher than everyone else. And so because of coming off of COVID the year before that, because of all the chaos with, with Matt Barnes and Kerry Combs and, who knows what else was going on? A lot of these guys didn't really get a chance to, to be that guy because they were just like, oh, we, we should just play with the guys we know because we can trust that they're gonna do the right yep. things." And this year, I think you're gonna see, the, this is Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomalowau's defensive line. And this is not Zach Harrison's defensive line. This is not Javante Jean-Baptiste or Tyler Friday's. Those guys have to figure it out. I mean, Zach Harrison's the leader of the group without question, but as far as who's going to be the guy that I think you're going to see run out there on the first series of the season, I think you're going to see all three of those guys out there at the same time. And I, I, it's sort of a, a changing of the guard. But as you said, like it does matter now for Teron Vincent, like these guys that have an opportunity to, to reemerge and, and be the guys that everyone thought they would be.
1: I think it's worth uh, looking at that as well when, when we're evaluating the success or lack of success of that unit. When I'm talking about Tyler Friday and that season ending knee injury, Noah Potter with two health setbacks and not playing all season. The injuries that Haskell Garrett dealt with yeah. throughout the entire second half of the season, Teron Vincent needing some time to get back into the lineup regularly and then finally explode the way he did in the Rose Bowl. That was a, a unit that was never at full strength and never really yeah. even close to it. And the part that you're talking about, Tim, some of the guys are out there. Zach Harrison didn't reach his potential. He's been open about that. Well, he came back with with something to prove but a lot of guys are responding to injuries and the opportunities that have been taken away exactly. from them and getting I back agree. there's a lot so, some of the situation is not lack of performance it's just you have a championship hunger you have being back on the field hunger you have nfl stock that you're worried. like all these this this group has so much to prove and you know i think that that would apply to larry johnson as well because the last two years have not necessarily been the standard that he expects and upholds and has traditionally produced so when you combine all of that talent now with a lot of a little bit of health and it's just four days you knock on wood that ohio state gets to keep that and then good coaching boy that's uh yeah. that's that recipe spencer's talking about can be pretty dangerous
3: yeah uh, they have to have got i mean like ty hamilton i mean you know right on down the line there are guys that are that yeah. have a chance to really bubble up here uh from a depth standpoint you know uh you get the idea that Knowles, coach Knowles is really excited about the depth we talked about this yesterday i mean he's not going to have to just go with a, a, an elite 11 and then maybe these other guys come on he's got some depth he can play with which he can also use to like kind of like scoot along the starters if you follow my drift you know from a, a whip standpoint and I, I just think it's really
1: you don't want to use the whip
3: out here no but you know what i'm talking i mean i'm talking about <laughs> carot, some the carrot yeah 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 <laughs> That, you know what I meant. I guess. Uh, But the bottom line is that's, that's what's interesting to me about putting those two things together. Because like as, as uh, Jack Sawyer talked about him being this mad scientist, yeah. these are guys on the defensive line who understand what's coming. Already know what's here, but they won't tell us. <laughs> There's more of it. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's the interesting part about me about this uh, little... Uh Jambalaya we're gonna say. Cool. Let's I want you to start with this one, Matt. Let's do a bold prediction. Okay.
2: Which defensive lineman leads Ohio State in Sacks in 2022?
0: Spencer? I think it's JT2 I think the upside on him, the way that he could could really almost take over, you know, the Big Ten as far as like there's a, a you know, Aiden Hutchinson's gone, there's no Bosa, there's no Chase Young, like there's a, a little bit of a gap in who's the most dominant defensive lineman in the Big Ten. Both of those guys, JT and Jack, have a chance to be that. JT's upside is just through the roof. I, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Tim, who's your pick?
3: Talik Williams, only because I like I like it. his ridiculous quickness, and now he's he's 40 pounds lighter. I asked him if he went into the the weight room has ever picked up 40 pounds and walked around like hey this was me a year ago you know what I mean (laughs) uh that's that's how you can really tell the difference but I mean this guy has got something special man and and he has a shorter way to go (laughs) to the sack than some of these other guys I really like Sawyer and his upside but I really like Tyler Williams becoming a basically a dominant player inside
1: I think that the Leo position is going to create a lot more pass rush opportunities from different angles Mm -hmm. in the Ohio State defense. And we've seen that a little bit on film with Jim Knowles, but also the the plays that come to mind are when Ohio State dipped into that well with Jeff Halfley and moved Chase Young around the formation and let him create havoc in different spots. And I think that Mitchell Melton is going to be the guy that ultimately takes that role and really runs with it. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. but I still think that Jack Sawyer would capitalize and be in that spot enough to rack up enough sacks to lead Ohio State. So this I think that I, like. I think Melton starts there, but Jack Sawyer is going to be put in spots to really thrive.
2: This is what I like. We're all picking different people because I'm taking Zach Harrison. He's going to have 10 sacks this year for Ohio State because more than anyone else on this roster, he has the body type and the athleticism to play any one of those spots. on yeah, the defensive line. right. He can play the the Leo, he can play the rush end, he can play inside, he can stand up and drop back into a linebacker type situation. Like we said, I think Zach Harrison will benefit from Jim Knowles' creativity more than any player on this defense.
0: And if I can sneak one little last thing in, the best thing about this defensive line right now is the fact that Jim Knowles described this defense as a safety-driven defense. We've asked a lot about linebackers. There's not a lot of attention today, obviously we are, because we just talked to him, but like overall, there's not a lot of defensive attention being paid to what the defensive linemen are doing because there are so many questions at linebacker and who's going to play those, you know, nine safety spots that are on the field at a time or whatever, but that means that the defensive line can kind of work in silence and make sure that they leave their mark without having the spotlight on them this spring. And I think that's going to catapult them to just ridiculous things in the field. Basic basic
3: football, an A-gap attacking son of a gun changes everything for the other 10 guys I mean that's what I'm intrigued to see if that develops like I think it will with this defense because it changes everything
2: the way I I view it is the last year's defenses last year the year before were as bad as Ohio State's ever been uh in 2020 it was the secondary 2021 it was the linebackers but both years were were subpar defensive lines, not because they weren't talented, but because of injuries, because of COVID misses, all the things that happened. The the defense goes as the defensive line goes. If we think about Ohio State football in the last 10 years, the dominant defenses were the ones that had dominant defensive line and dominant games. When when the Buckeyes needed something to happen, it was the defensive line that made something happen. I mean, numerous times from 2014 to 2019. Somebody, that has to be the group, and, and I, I don't think that Larry Johnson gets a pass this year, and, and I mean, I I'm, certainly he's a legend, everyone knows that, but that group has to perform.
1: Well, he's another person I think that, you know, I mentioned that is motivated and potentially to go out on a really high note. We'll see what transpires. This is the fourth practice of spring, so there's a long way to go for every unit at Ohio State as spring practice rolls along. That's Spencer Holbrook. Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. This has been the Practice Report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. It'll be the last one for this week. The Buckeyes have a closed workout entirely on Saturday, but we will be back in the Woody next week. So stay tuned for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.